Hey, everybody. My name is Rob Shear, and I'm the founder of a national nonprofit called Comfort Cases. I'm also an advocate for children in our foster care system, a public speaker, an author of a book, A Forever Family. But most importantly, I am the father of four amazing children. Hi, I'm Dana McKay, and I saw Rob on The Ellen Show, and when I realized his organization was based right here where I live, I knew I had to get involved. I'm also a social media consultant, a radio host, a podcast producer, and a mother of two children. See, our country's foster care system is shattered, and this podcast is about how we as a community can come together to bring about change, changing the system, and changing the lives of children in care. Welcome to the Fostering Change Podcast. Welcome to the Fostering Change Podcast. I'm Dana here with Rob, and we have Noah from Discover Your Path Tour. We're checking in with him. As you know, Noah is doing a bike ride from San Diego to Florida across the southern part of the country to share his story about you know how he felt when he was a boy in foster care living in group homes. So he's stopping at the group homes to share, and we have comfort cases meeting him along the way. So Noah, where are you now? Uh, right now I'm in Conroe, Texas, which is just north of uh, Houston. Um, okay, that's yeah. a long way. Okay, so first of all, yeah. Noah, I am so excited to hear your voice, my friend. Um, you know, I have been, you know, tracking your path since the day that you took off. Actually, from the day that you took off from your house um, on yeah. your way to San Diego. And I am just – I'm in so, – I went to the gym the other day and my arms hurt so bad and I, I, I can't even imagine what you feel like, right? Okay. How many miles have you gone so far? Uh, just over 1800. Whoa, my gosh. Yeah. And I think I did five pushups. <laughs> wow. That's yeah, well, amazing. You're doing good, Rob. You're doing good. Thank you. Thank you. That, um, I actually hurt. I hurt worse now because we took the day off yesterday and uh my my legs were not turning and so i'm ready to get back on the bike there's uh it's a lot of therapy emotional mental strength of just being on the bike and thinking you keep your legs moving you get less sore does that make sense it no, does. It does. It does. I, my son, Alex, um, this morning as he was leaving school to remind me to make sure I bring my gym clothes to work because I'm meeting him after work to go work out. And I told him about how, about how sore I was. And he said to me, he said, just, he says, every day, I promise you, it's going to get easier. And every day I look at him yeah. and says, you're lying. You're lying. <laughs> but I'm, I'm going to believe him you and it's going to get easier. So yeah, listen, yeah, there's it. so much that we can talk about, but I want to know, um, Dana and I were just talking about it, that, you know, some of the questions that we have for you. Yeah. So, so we want to know, I know you're in Conroe and we sent comfort cases to Conroe. So yeah. how, what's the reaction been from the kids that you're seeing? Oh man. So you, you caught me on an amazing day because last night was incredible. We we went to Angel Reach, which is in Conroe, Texas. It's a transitional living facility for kids 18 to about 24. Um, and I spoke to about 16 kids last night, and we we had barbecue. They made a dinner for us. Um, the staff was just incredible. And I got a lot of one-on-one -on -one time. And before you knew it, uh, one of the kids that we had spent a lot of time talking to, he said, 
so do you guys have a curfew to worry about or anything? And we realized it was 10 o'clock and we had been there talking to kids for five hours. Oh, wow. And it was, I mean, it was truly remarkable. And these kids that, that have reached this point in their life, nearly every kid I talk to, part of their plan is after they get set up and after they've achieved some of these goals that they have set, so you they want to go to nursing school, they want to become nurse, they want to be uh, semi-auto mechanics. Um, but every one of them, after they mention these things they want to achieve in their life, they've all already started talking about what they can to do to give back to the community and how they can help people. So that for me is like, like I don't want to get too emotional here on the phone, but it's, uh, it just puts me in a place because I think these kids are so much further than I ever was at that age. And it, and it makes me really proud and it makes me really happy for them. Well, uh, you're making me emotional. You know, you sent me a text <laughs> message last night and, um, you know, for, for those who are listening in, you know, I, I'm really lucky that, you know, that, and I, I'm going to try not to get emotional now, but I'm really lucky that I met you and I'm lucky that I get to call you my friend and last night when you sent me a message, it was at a time that, you know, as you sent me that picture of that young boy um, holding that case, and you said in the text to me, and the only thing you said is, I love you. And, you know, I, I thought back as a young boy of, you know, how many times I wanted to hear that. And how many times these kids who are in these group homes who don't get to hear that. And, um, Noah, what you're doing is you're my hero and I'm just, I'm so, so excited that I get to call you my friend, my brother. And this journey has, I don't think that this journey has only changed you and helped more kids, but your journey has truly changed me. Thank you, Rob. Thank you. It's changed me too, sir. (laughs) I'm really excited about this part of my life. And, uh, one kid asked me last night, he said, uh, you know, so everybody goes around and asks me a question. One kid asks, he says, well, how do you find your motivation? Like, what do you, I mean, riding thousands of miles by bike and just choosing to go and talk to kids for, you know, whatever reason it is, what do you get out of it? But what what is your motivation for doing this? And, um, you know, I, I got teared up and, and choked up real quick. And I, I, I said, thank you for asking that question. And I said, it's my family. And growing up, not, uh, sorry, um, having the family that I do now and the support and the love and having kids that run up to my office that just because they desperately want a hug from dad, never seeing as that, uh, that that was maybe a possibility for me. And now it is my entire life. Um, I'd like to see what I can do about helping other people see that future for themselves. And that, you know, that's my motivation. Um, whether or not I'll be able to see what these guys do with their life. It's just, I have to do something. I have to do something. I will tell you, you will see it. Um, You will see it. And, you know, it reminds me of something that Dana actually said to me a a while back when she, um, she came on board here and, you know, she's, as we all know, you know, Dana McKay is, you know, pretty fa in my eyes, she's a very famous teacher. Oh, please, I'm not at all. And, but thank you. Um, <laughs> You're and, more famous than I am you know, by a long shot. Well, I don't think so. But I know that Dana would talk about how she would, you know, she thought she was completed. She'd go on the radio and, you know, she would do her DJ stuff and, you know, all of her interviews and podcasts. 
podcast. And then she came to work here and she said, you know, she leaves here and she actually feels like you're fulfilled. Like, yeah, you know, like you I have, have a purpose. purpose. Yeah. And I also feel like yeah. I, I spent a lot of my life and my career worrying about me and myself and how do I get ratings and how do I get people to look at these web posts that I'm right. writing for my job and how do I get to the next level and and then to come into a place like this and realize that you know I can use some of my talents and things that I'm good at to actually help raise money for the charity and to help promote what we're doing and to help do this podcast to raise awareness and everything like I feel fulfilled and I still love doing radio but there's just something about having a real purpose and to use your talents for a purpose that means a lot to me so being here has definitely changed me too so so Noah I know that your purpose is more than we could ever imagine but I also know that this this bike ride this rebirth in so many ways is not the last for you that you know you have about how many more weeks do you have left we have three and a half more weeks left and 14 or 1500 miles 1500 miles. Yeah, because I'm thinking you're in Texas right now, and we have cases being delivered to Florida yep. for you on the 19th yep. of March, and I think the 21st of March, and I'm like, wow, that is a yep. long and, way and, to go in the next couple of weeks. Yeah, so, there's, uh, so there's I, a lot. It, it is a lot, and and I know that you're, you are an amazing photographer with you and your, your wife, you. um, and so I know you're getting some amazing pictures, and I'm so excited. I can't wait to see them, <laughs> and you're, you're videotaping this, but you know, I, I know the one thing that's got to be hard is you got to miss those babies at home. You know, oh, man. You're, you're I you're gonna make him cry again, I know. Rob. I'm, no, I'm, okay, I'm yeah. telling you, your your son just had a birthday, um, mm-hmm. and I thought about yeah. that, and I thought that the day that it was his birthday, and I thought about you know when he gets older that I'm gonna be able to say about how his dad sacrificed to miss his birthday because he wanted to do more in the world, and that is unbelievable, Noah. The, you know, I I being a dad, I I can't imagine missing you know one of my kids' birthdays, and um, and what you're doing that you know being a good human, you know, I have my shirt on today, you know, you're being I a uh, <laughs> we both have our same good human shirts, yes. you know, but you're yeah. doing that, and and I'm gonna tell you something, this time that you're away from your kids, um. They won't know it tomorrow, and they probably won't know it next year, but they're going to know how incredible their father is. And this simple act of kindness of what you're doing for kids who really, truly feel they do not matter, you are changing the world. You're changing the world, my friend. Well, thank you for, thank you for saying that. I, um, you know, I just feel like I'm a guy riding my bike doing something at all don't generally feel like it's an incredibly crazy thing. I don't know. I guess you just don't, you don't feel that way when you do it. it. But people tell you from the outside that it is. And when, when I think about my kids and I miss my kids, I, you know, I know that one day they'll get it. And, and I just, I hope that they understand later in life, the importance of doing things for other people. And it's, it's really, really important. And just a real quick story. The other day I took my son to the store and, and every once in a while I like to, you know, let them pick out toys for themselves. And and even though it's against my parenting beliefs, because of my past, I spoil the hell out of my kids. <laughs> and um, 
but, uh, you know, I took him to the store and I said, uh, you know, well, what do you want to get? And, you know, he picks something up and he goes, oh, a dinosaur. And I was like, okay, great, a dinosaur. And then he looks at me and it was it was the most endearing moment as a father-son. And he looks at me and goes, Dad, what can I get for Avery and Bennett? And those are his siblings. And it was just at four years old, his thought was to not only think about himself, but think about his two siblings that were at home waiting for him and what he could get for them. And to me, it was like, where does that come from? It's just that inherent need to do good things for people. And he's four, and he was already thinking about other people. And it was really, you know, I felt a lot of success in that moment. Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, it is, it is an inherent thing in him, but it also comes from the example that you're setting for him too. And even if you might not know it, they're always watching us. And even at four years old, he knows that his dad does a lot for other people. So, I mean, I look at your son, Rocco. I mean, the fact is, is that Rocco is always looking to help. Um, I see your daughter coming and she's always wanting to help. I believe that as parents, our children see what we do and they mimic us. And your kids are seeing what you and your wife are doing, how you're instilling the, the act of kindness in them, of being a good human. And they're just repeating what they see. And that's why I, I say it all the time all over the country is, that as adults, you know, it is it is our responsibility to lead by example. Lead by example because the only thing that you have to do is look next to you and look down and you see who's looking up at you. And those are the people that you have to make a difference for. And that's what you're doing with your kids. So I have so I wanna I want to change the pace a little bit because I want to know from gotcha. this bike ride, um, how many cuts and bruises <laughs> do you have? And how many times have you had to change the bicycle wheel? Have oh, you had to change boy. the tire? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that, that has happened so many times. One day, uh woke up, was supposed to take our cameraman to the airport, and I had about six hours of riding to do we, we got to the spot to drop me off, and I looked at my back tire, and it had exploded. And uh, luckily, it didn't explode when I was on the bike. So we got got lucky there. But I changed about I think, seven or eight inner tubes. I had to change two tires. Uh, I woke up one morning, and, and I couldn't sleep well at night because I couldn't bend my, my right leg. Um, it was completely seized up, and the knee was, was bad. And I, I kind of hobbled to the car with one leg. And... Um, I couldn't think about anything other than the point that I'm trying to prove to these kids and that I am I am a person that does the things he says he's going to do. So um, there was no way I wasn't going to not ride my bike. So I said, well, if I get on my bike and I go slow, the, the knee will slowly work itself out. And this is, you know, this is not the doctor or the scientist in me. This is me being hopeful that it will work out. And, um, and then 101 miles later, I was feeling fine. So that's the only real setback that, you know, powered through it. And, um, you know, power of persistence. I don't know. I don't know right. Yeah. That's amazing. So I have a question kind of shifting back to the kids that you're going to visit because I did not grow up in foster care. I've never really seen or heard about what it's actually like for kids living in a group home. So, you know, just a, just day-to-day life, like what what is it 
like because I grew up in a, a home with my parents and my siblings. And so I have no idea what that experience is like. Like, what are the rooms look like? How many people do you share a room with? How do you, do you all eat meals together? Are you kind of on your own? You know, what, what, what is life right. like in a group home? Well, that's, I mean, that's, I guess that's a really interesting question. I guess each person's experience would be a little bit different. Um, if I spoke about my experience in the group home it, uh, at Family Resources in Florida, so I was there for uh, a little over two weeks, and I remember having a great experience, um, you know, at least this part of my life, and there was a little bit of a sense of community. Um, I, I got along with the other kids. I remember there was three or four girls there that were teaching me how to dance. Now, this may have been just because I was the youngest kid there at 11 years old and everybody else like 14, 15, but we did eat meals together with a lot of delicious peanut butter and jelly. And um, and uh, I just, I remember that time being good and and feeling safe, really, because this was the first time I had met other kids that were kind of going through things that I was going through. So um, if I were to speak about that part of the experience, but then another thing is, is that I didn't really realize I was a kid in foster care until much later in life when I would start telling people about my life. It's like, Oh, I grew up this way. And they, and they thought it was odd. They're like, Oh, well, that's interesting. You, you moved to 15 different towns and you lived with all these different relatives and grandparents. And then sometimes strangers. I was like, yeah. And to me, I just thought it was normal. So, cause it was my life. Um, but to speak about some of the experiences and the stories of the kids that I've met, um, they come from all over. They've been to so many different places and there's so many different reasons uh, that they're in foster care. So whether it's, you know, a, a lot of times, you know, the large reason is addiction and struggles in the home and mental illness. Um, but there is a sense of community with these kids that I've met in the group homes. And I try and keep reminding them that, that, when they feel alone, especially last night, a lot of people said they, they come there, they feel alone, they feel like nobody cares about them. And I said, well, now you've reached a point in your life where you get to choose your family. You get to choose the people that you love and you get to choose the people that you trust. And it's important that you, you look around you and see the kids in this very home with you. And you create relationships and bonds because you're all there with one common, you know, one strong common thread and that's you're there together. Wow. That's interesting. It's, it's just such a different experience. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. It's amazing. You know, I think about, you know, my son, my, my oldest son, who's been in a group home. Um, and I've never asked him that question. And I think, you know, I'm going to ask him, um, he doesn't really talk about it a lot when he was in the group home. And so, um, I think that, you know, we talk all about these kids, but I read an article just yesterday in one particular state where um, we've completely run out of beds and they're just sticking kids in group homes left and right. And, um, you know, as, as much as you said that your experience was good, we all know that every child, you know, they need a family to love them. They need yeah. a family. We were interviewing somebody last week, and, and I said this in a speech the other day because this is something I will never, ever, ever forget. And I try to take something away from every single podcast, but this one particular podcast where the woman said to me, she says, there's two things that you will never, ever outgrow. And she said, one is love. And I was like, yeah. yeah. 
And then she said, two, your parents. Yep. And I thought about that, and I thought, you know, not having parents, not having that that parent to call my own, um, but doesn't mean that I don't yearn for that, that I want that. You mm-hmm. know, I, I wake up in the middle of the night, and that, that stress load, do I want to call my mom. I want to call my dad. I, or, I, or something that I've done really well that, you know, God, would it be nice to the phone to ring and my mom say, I'm proud of you. You know, so you're right. We don't have yeah. a outgrow them. Yeah. Yeah. Listen, Noah, I will tell you, I am I'm beyond, beyond, beyond proud of you. I am so excited for this journey. I'm excited that we've been able to to talk about it through a couple of podcasts. We've been sharing it on our social media platforms. But you know, for everybody's listening, I want you to know it's still not too late to give. It's still not too late to give. You know, you have about fifteen hundred miles left. That's a lot of tires, my friend. A lot yeah, of tires. And, you know, I want you, please, you can go to our website. We will have a link on our website to go to Discover Your Path that will be able to, you can make a donation and help Noah finish this journey out and make it to Florida safely to where he actually started his journey. And I can't wait for us to talk about that and the feeling that it's going to be when you finally go to that door. Um, Listen, I love you, my brother, and I am excited, excited to see you. I get to actually see you soon, and I'm even thrilled about that. So listen, you know, we're making changes, my friend. We're all coming together, and we're making changes. And the kids in the system, they have more of a voice today because of you than they had yesterday. And to the kids that you're going to continue to visit in the 1,500 miles, just remember to remind each and every one of them, they matter. They matter. Thank you, Noah. Thank you so much. Um, And we do always ask those questions. If you could change uh, the two things about the foster care system, what would they be? I know we've discussed this before, but maybe after maybe after you've been visiting these group homes and seeing, you know, what's going on there, what would you what from this this tour have you learned and how would you answer that question based on what you've seen on your path? Absolutely. This is um the need is high. The need is really high for people who care for children's well-being. And if I was going to change one thing, well, let's just increase the number of people that can open the doors to these kids. And it's incredibly important that they go to a healthy home, not a home that's looking just looking for some extra income. Like people that care about children need to show that they care about the children. Does that make sense? Oh, a hundred percent it does. hundred percent. Absolutely. And the the doors need to be opened to all types of families that have love. Does that make sense? Yeah. Absolutely there's, there's, it does. There's, of course. There's legislation in certain states that's not allowing same-sex couples to have kids. They're taking away housing for LGBT communities because of their, their, uh, uh, their sexual identity and it's like, it just blows my mind because it's human beings. Yeah. It's people that love. It's healthy families. And um, they're willing to help. And we're just making it so damn difficult on them to help. Yeah. I mean, it's it really is outrageous. It's infuriating. Yeah. infuriating. And something that, yeah. um, and some we had um, a same-sex couple on a couple weeks ago, um, two women, and they said that they they could possibly have some girls that have maybe um, experienced trauma at the hands of men 
And you can't put them in a home with a mom and a dad because they have issues with men. And so a same-sex couple of women are the perfect place to put a girl that's been through something like that. So there's a place for everyone, and everyone can give love. And in some cases, it's probably better for certain people to be with a a single woman or a same-sex couple of women. So, And and let me tell you... I say this all the time. My kids could care less. My yep. kids could care less. They don't care they that they have happy, two dads. They are loved. They yep. live on a farm. Right. Yep. They have, yeah. Yep. My right. five kids, and I've and we have asked them. We have come out and asked our five children, and they are like, it does not matter to us because you and dad, right. I love us. You know, and even my right. oldest son, Alex, says that. So, yeah. Well, listen, I, <laughs> I, I love you, my friend. I could talk to you all love day, you. and um, I can't wait for this to air. And listen, you and I, keep the pictures coming. Keep the safety. Be safe. Make sure you, you're using lots of antibacterial soap. Um, I worry yeah, about you. Yeah, I, you. Have you seen my tan lines, Rob? They're embarrassing. <laughs> well, I will tell you, I, I check in on you every day and throughout the day, and I'm always, you know, I'm a stalker because I love you. And, you know, when you talk to those babies and the wife, give them my love, and you and I will be talking Thank real you. soon, my friend. Take care. Okay. Be safe. Take care, uh, Noah. You Thank you so much. Take Bye-bye. Care. Bye-bye. Dana and I would like to thank all of you for listening to the Fostering Change podcast. You can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, and Stitcher. Make sure you follow Comfort Cases on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Comfort Cases. And check out the Fostering Change blog at ComfortCases.org. So everybody, we want to hear your stories. So reach out to us if you would like to be a guest on the podcast. You can find me on Facebook at Rob Shear, Instagram at Rob underscore Shear, and on Twitter at Rob Shear 6. And please share this podcast and leave us a review. Remember, we're all part of the same community. Your zip code, it's not your community, but it's our human race. Let's all make a difference.